Hey everyone, it's Stephen Overbaugh and you're listening to my podcast. And thank you for joining me and listening to the word that's being taught right here at Stephen Overbaugh Ministries. And I'm so grateful and thankful for the opportunity to teach the word of God. Um, the Lord dealt with me specifically about teaching the word of God and to bring a ministry of teaching to the body of Christ where things are unfolded to them, things are revealed to them. The light of the word of God as it's taught, it begins to shine unto them in their hearts, in their spirits, and they see things like they've never seen before. The Lord dealt with me about that. There's a place for preaching. There's a place also for teaching. and We need both, and some people do both. I teach because the Lord's told me to teach out of the office that he's called me to. And so I'm so glad and grateful that we get to look at the word again today. And I get to teach the word of God on on the subject that we've been talking about. We were talking about last week, we were looking at Psalms chapter 23. And we will just continue with these Bible lessons on Psalms 23 specifically looking at the Lord and how he is a shepherd to us. Now, Jesus stood in all five offices. Jesus stood in the office of an apostle. He stood in the office of a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. And throughout the New Testament, you'll find examples of all of these things. And Jesus stood in all of those place, offices to be an example to the body of Christ to be an example of what those offices should look like. And he also stood in those offices because he wanted to minister to people out of those different offices. It's important to understand that each office and all of these offices are mentioned in Ephesians chapter uh, 4, verse 11. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. It's important to understand that every single office, every single ministry gift brings something to the body of Christ. It can, is a blessing to the body of Christ in that office. And we need all of the ministry gifts that the Lord Jesus has provided for the church. For he said in his word, Back there in Ephesians chapter 4, but looking at the 7th verse, he said, But unto you is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive, and, notice, gave gifts unto men. That's looking at verse 8. He goes on to say, "What Now, notice, he that ascended what is it that he first descended into the lower parts of the earth and then he said that he that descended is the same also that ascended far above all the heavens that he may fill or fulfill all things and he goes on to describe he gave some apostles prophets evangelists pastors and teachers i want you to notice that he, the ministry gifts to the body of christ were given for from the head of the church, from the head of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ, he gave some. And every single ministry gift, every single ministry office has 
a place in the body of Christ, has a place in the church, and is a blessing, and should be um, honored, and should be longed for, if you will, or have there should be a desire for each and every single one of those things. I, you know, I always have taught that there that there's other gifts in the body of Christ besides the pastor or besides an evangelist or besides missionaries actually the word, the term missionary isn't even found in the new testament but actually the those who are missionaries actually stand in the office of an apostle you know and i'm not really teaching on the subject of ministry gifts but it's so important there isn't much teaching on this subject and because there isn't much teaching there's a lot of error in the body of Christ today there's a lot of mis um understanding and misconstrued ideas there's a lot of uh, confusion concerning these things and a lot of christians are misled and there's a lot of abuses in the body of christ because surrounding these things because there's a lack of teaching there's a lack of teaching um on the subject today and so we need to make sure as ministers, that we are teaching the Word of God, teaching the the whole counsel of God's Word, like Paul told Timothy, and teaching these subjects, not just our pet subjects. You know, we may even be uh, teaching certain subjects that the Lord told us to teach on. The Lord may have given us certain individuals certain subjects, um, and that's where their grace is. But, you know, even if the Lord gives us a certain subject, a certain mandate, a certain message, if you will, and he's done that for many people. He's done that with me. But even though he's given us a certain message and a certain mandate, that does not mean that we can avoid other subjects. No, it's important that we teach on other subjects. I like what Brother Hagin said. Kenneth E. Hagin used to say, you know, there's a lot more in the Bible besides faith and healing. There's other subjects. And we need to teach on all these other subjects so that the body of Christ can grow and develop spiritually. Like I said, I'm not teaching on ministry gifts, but it is a good subject and it's important. But anyways, we're looking, we're going to go back to our Bible lesson for a few moments. And we're going to look at Psalms chapter 23. So if you have your Bibles, you can open them to Psalms chapter 23. Look at the first verse. Scripture in verse 1 says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. Now, footnote in my Bible, like we pointed out last week, says, I shall not be in need. So, which is correct? Well, they both are. I shall not want. I shall not be in need. Both are correct, and both are very good. I like to use both um, right here. That we're not to be in want, we're not to be in need, and we're not to um, do without anything because the Lord is our shepherd. He goes on to say, uh, the Lord goes on to show us what his ministry is being the shepherd in our life. And the Lord Jesus Christ has a ministry. His ministry didn't stop or go away when he ascended into heaven. No, his ministry has continued. His ministry has continued right there at the right hand of the Father. The Lord is still our shepherd. He's the shepherd to 
his sheep, which are the children of God. We are the sheep of his pasture, the scripture teaches. John uh, chapter 10 also teaches on the subject that we're the sheep, and his sheep hear his voice, and they know him, and they follow. The voice of the stranger they will not follow. So the ministry of Jesus Christ as a shepherd to us uh, is ongoing. It continues today. And in verse 2, he goes on to show us what that ministry looks like. Verse 2 says, He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. And he restoreth my soul. He restoreth my soul. I want you to notice that as the shepherd, as a shepherd in our life, not just the shepherd to the church as a whole, but to a shepherd, being a shepherd to us as individuals. He maketh us to lie down in green pastures, and he leadeth us beside the still waters. Notice it's a place of rest. The green pastures, the still waters represent a place of rest, a place of peace. And glory be to God, that's a place that we can all enter into. That's a place that he wants to lead us to. That's a place that he wants us to um, come to. He wants to take us to that place. And sometimes we don't find ourselves uh, in green pastures spiritually. Or sometimes we don't feel like we're next to still waters spiritually. But But nevertheless, that belongs to us. And the reason we're not experiencing the green pastures and the still waters that he wants us to is because we're not allowing him to lead us and to guide us because notice it takes our part it takes our part of following we're called to follow when he leads we're called to go with him and to obey him and to trust him as he leads us into that place now notice verse three he said he restoreth my soul he restoreth or renews my soul. Well, now there's a lot of um, confusion um, in today's church circles, in Pentecostal circles, even concerning the soul of man. What is the soul of man? A lot of times it's mis, um, misconstrued or it's um, misunderstood with the heart of man or the spirit of man. They use those terms interchangeably, thinking that the soul and the heart are the same thing, but that's absolutely not true. According to the word of God, your soul is your mind. Your soul is your mind and also goes along with your will and your emotions. And in verse 3, he says that he, being the shepherd in our life, wants to restore our soul, our mind. And so many times in people's lives, they neglect their mind. They neglect their soul or they allow their soul to just think any old thing. They allow their soul and their mind to just run off with any old thought and any old idea. And they have not conditioned themselves or trained themselves to think like the word wants the, the word has called them to think have not conditioned or trained themselves to think like God thinks. 
But he wants to restore our soul. He wants us to have a restored or a renewed soul or mind in our life. And how do we get a restored soul? Somebody might ask. Or how do we renew our soul or have our soul or mind restored? It comes through the Word of God. The Word of God teaches that we're not to be conformed to this world, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And in Romans chapter 12, verse 2 talks about that. That we're not to be thinking like the world thinks. We're not to be uh, meditating on things that the world meditates on. We're not to follow the the pathways of the world where we're called to be transformed to think like God thinks. You know, there's a scripture in Isaiah and it's in, I believe, the 43rd chapter. And um, or maybe it's the 46th chapter. Talking about as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts, and my ways higher than your ways, saith the Lord. My thoughts, he said, are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways. And you know, the scripture teaches that. The Lord showed us that, that you know, okay, it's in um, Isaiah chapter 55. Looking at the eighth verse, I had to find it for just a second there. Isaiah 55 verse 8. He says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now I want you to notice that the Lord is revealing his thoughts that are so much higher than our thoughts. He's revealing that his ways are so much higher than the ways of man. And so many times people think, well, that's the way God, that it is. God's so far above my thoughts and my ways. And it's an unattainable thing. It's an unobtainable place. But actually what is being revealed here and taught here is that the thoughts and the ways of God are higher than the thoughts and the ways of natural of man in the natural and man as a carnal or worldly fleshly being but that a believer a child of god can reach and obtain to and come up to the thoughts and the ways of god they can come up to the ways of god they can come higher. They can think higher. They can think the way God wants them to think. And the way that that's made possible is through the word of God. Because you, you notice in verse 11, he says, he starts talking about his word. He starts talking about the word that goes forth out of his mouth. He says, so shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. The Lord shows us in his word throughout the Bible that if we'll believe his word, if we'll take 
hold of his word and think like God's word reveals us to think, then we can come up to the thoughts and the ways of God, which are so much higher than the ways of this world. And so it's not an unattainable place. No, but we just have to renew our mind to the word of God. God never intended that we live a shallow, meaningless life or live a carnal, fleshly life or to live a life that's conformed to the world. Where He never intended that we think like the world. No, but he intended that we think like he thinks and to operate the way he operates and to do things the way he does them. You notice that in Isaiah 55 that the prophet was speaking to Israel which was not even born again. Not even born again. Not even uh, in the better covenant, which is established upon better promises like we are today, according to Hebrews chapter 8, verse 6. But no, they were operating under that old covenant. In the Old Testament, they were spiritually dead. They were not in the kind of light. They're not, they weren't operating in the light that we are today. And yet he still reveals to them his, he says, my thoughts and my ways are, are higher. And then he begins to go on and say and reveal his plan and how what he desired for Israel. As the rain cometh down, verse 10, and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. And you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. God was not revealing all of this just to say that you'll never attain to it. This isn't for you. No, he was revealing it because he was getting ready to do something that they were not, that they in, the, in and of themselves would not have been able to see and think. But yet we can come up to his thoughts and come up higher in his ways. Can you say amen? And so uh, Psalms chapter 23, going back to verse 3, he says, he restoreth my soul. How does my How is my mind going to be restored? How is my soul going to be renewed or brought back, like the footnote of my Bible says, brought back? Well, in order to be brought back, you have to be somewhere you don't need to be. In other words, you're in a place that you need to be brought back from. Well, sometimes we find our mind in a place, in a gutter, so to speak, in a place that is not where we want it. And the Lord has a plan, has a way out, has made provision for our mind that we can be brought back to a place of thinking in line with the word of God, thinking thoughts that are of life and peace, be brought back to the still and restful waters that he's provided for us and the green pasture that he's provided for us. And all of this is due is because he is the shepherd and he wants to do this in our lives. He wants to take care of us. He wants to provide for us. He wants to increase us in the midst of everything that goes on around us, whether it's going good in the natural or bad in the natural, the Lord still wants to do more for us. And if we'll trust him 
and he'll take us beyond where we're at today. I want you to notice that he said in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. He says, Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Notice in verse 5, he says, You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. And finally, in verse 6, Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Do you notice that this scripture and all these scriptures, all of chapter 23, it's a chapter of provision. It's a chapter of blessing. It's a chapter of of um, satisfaction or being satisfied. It's a chapter that that is revealing God's plan for us to take care of us, to guard and keep us and protect us, to cause us to go over and not under. And it's all because he is the shepherd in our life. He is the shepherd in our life. And so in order to qualify for all the things that are promised us here, a restored soul coming through the valley of the shadow of death with victory, sitting at a table that's been prepared for me and partaking of all the things that are on the table, having a cup that runneth over, having my head anointed, having goodness and mercy following all the days of my life, dwelling in the house of the Lord forever. In order for all these things to uh come to pass in our life, in order for us to walk these things out in our life, we have to allow the Lord to be our shepherd. Now, like I've taught, there's God's part and there's my part. God has a part and God is always faithful to do his part. And then we have a part to play in this. And we have to be faithful to do our part in order to qualify for the blessings. Notice I said qualify. In order to qualify for the blessings, we have to do our part. Actually, in all reality, God has done everything he's going to do. He's already done it. He's already provided for us the means whereby we can be blessed. He's already redeemed us and bought us back, redeemed us by his precious blood. He's done everything he's going to do. What we need to do is take him at his word and begin to walk in the light of what he said to us. And you know, the Lord, being our shepherd, will cause us to come into a place of greater things, of greater fulfillment, of greater blessing, of greater increase and abundance, and a place of rest and peace. Now, in the midst of all the things that are going on in the world, this is what the Lord's plan is for us. This is what he desires for us, that we enter into his rest, no matter what we face, no matter what we're going through. I want you to turn in your Bibles over to uh, Matthew chapter 6. And let's look at the words of Jesus on something here for a moment. Matthew chapter 6. And look at... Verse 25, he says, Therefore I say unto you, Jesus said, these, these are the words of Jesus, they're in red, right? He said, Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life. Now that's a little bit blind to us. We don't talk like that today. Have you ever heard anybody say that? Take no thought for your life. 
when you really, basically what Jesus is saying here is don't worry and have anxious thoughts about your life. What you're going to eat, he goes on to say, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. He go, he says, is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment or clothing? Behold, verse 26, the fowls of the air, they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you not much better than they? He goes on, he continues through verse 27, verse 28. He goes all the way through. I want to jump down to verse 31 here. In Matthew six thirty one, he says, Therefore, take no thought. Take no thought. Don't have anxious thoughts. Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. He's talking about those that are outside the covenant. Those that were not the children of God. Outside the covenant of the Lord. Jesus said concerning those that were in the covenant, for instance, concerning healing. He revealed that healing is the children's bread. And that is something that belonged to those that were within the covenant. And that was something that the people, covenant people could expect. They could expect to be healed. Well, covenant people not only could expect to be healed, they could also expect to be provided for, to have their needs met, to have every area of their lives taken care of. Why? Because the covenant people, covenant people. And if there was covenant people back then, un- in under the days of the old covenant in Israel, how much more for us who have a better covenant established upon better promises. Glory be to God. You notice the Lord constantly, the Lord Jesus in his ministry referred to the children of Israel. He would refer, refer to different people um, as covenant children. He would say, daughter, daughter, your faith has made you whole in Mark 5. Um, there is different examples of that because he was referring to them as covenant people. Glory be to God. And so covenant people can expect certain things. Well, again, the old gave us types and shadows of things that were to come. The scripture reveals that. And that they were pointing towards a better thing. Well, under a better covenant, which I believe it is a better covenant, don't you? Jesus being the mediator of a better covenant, which is established upon better promises. Glory be to God. And so he was talking about, in verse 32, the Gentiles or those that are outside the covenant. They're seeking for all those things. what Their clothes, what they're going to be clothed with, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, what they're trying to provide for themselves, take care of themselves. And those were people that were outside the covenant. He said, those, that's what the Gentiles do. Don't be like them. Don't be like those that are outside the covenant, but operate in your covenant rights and privileges. Why? Because you're in the covenant, and because you're in the covenant, 
you have the Lord as your shepherd. Can you say amen? Glory be to God. You know, as a as the sheep of a, a shepherd, they can expect to be provided for. They don't have to figure it out where their food's going to come from. They don't have to worry about any of that, how they're going to be taken care of. No, they can just trust the shepherd to lead them and guide them and to show them where to go and what to do. And he'll provide and keep them. Glory be to God. He goes on to say, back looking back at verse 32, for after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Now I want you to jump back up to verse 30 for just a moment. He said, Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which it today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? And I want you to notice that verse, that last part. He said that phrase, O ye of little faith. I was looking at this one time, and the Lord revealed this to me and and showed me this, that if you're worried and fretful about things, anything in life, then you are op- then you have very little faith. You're you have little faith and you're operating in little faith. Your faith has not grown. And you know, it is absolutely the truth, the words of Jesus, that if you are worried and fretful constantly about these things, that your faith is little. And that you have not grown and developed your faith to the point that you can trust God for things. But when you get to the place where you do cast all your cares on the Lord, commit these things to Him and not worry about them, then your faith will begin to grow. Your faith will begin to develop. And the Lord sees that as great faith. A, a life that is committed to Him. A life that is that commits everything over to Him and doesn't worry about anything. That The Lord sees that as great faith. A life of great faith. Hallelujah. And people don't always operate in this. In fact, it's it's um, something that is rare to find in these days is someone who doesn't have any worries or fret or is fretful about anything. And you know, last, you know, there was a time back, a while back, when I made a commitment to the Lord. And said, Lord, I'm not going to worry or fret about anything any longer. It was in December 14th, which was a Tuesday, and it was last year, 2021. I made a decision. I said, Lord, I'm not going to worry or fret about anything any longer. I've decided that I'm not going to worry about money. I'm not going to worry about the future. I'm not going to worry about what goes on in the world. I'm not going to worry about what's going to come. I'm not going to worry about having how to pay bills or where food is going to come from or any of that. I refuse to worry or fret. I'm not going to worry about ministry. All these things, I just listed it out for the Lord. And I said, I'm, I'm making a commitment to you right now that I'm not going to do that. And you know, I like to keep my commitments to the Lord. I like to keep my promises that I make to the Lord. And so, although I've been gravely tempted, sorely tempted, <laughs> 
and I've been attacked and the enemies come to try to get me to fall in this area and to try to be very um tempted to just worry and fret about things though I've been sorely tempted I have continually come back to this promise I made to the Lord to not worry or fret about anything and you know I've you develop in these things you grow in these things and you continue to um get sharper and sharper and better and better and stronger and stronger. And you, there is a place we can get to that is free from worry, free from care, a place where we can walk in peace every single day of our life. He said that your heavenly father, the Lord Jesus said this, your heavenly father knoweth that you have need of all these things. He knows But now I want to point out something to you. Hold your place here. Go over to Philippians chapter 4. Look at the fourth, or look at the sixth verse. He said, be careful for nothing. Again, that's a little bit blind to us. We don't talk that way today, do we? Have you ever heard anybody say, be careful for nothing? No, actually, the amplified translation of this verse says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to made be made known unto God. Now this is the part I wanted to get over to you. Let your requests be made known unto God. Well, I thought Jesus just said back in verse thirty two of Matthew six that your heavenly Father knoweth that you have need of all these things. I thought our heavenly Father knew. I thought he knows about all that. Yes, he knows, and yet we're still supposed to make our request, let our requests be made known unto God. See, even though God knows, even though God is aware, he still directs us in his word to let our requests be made known unto him. In other words, come to him with our requests. Come to him with our desires and our needs and our wants. And see, this is where so many people miss it. They think... That God is, because he knows everything, and they say God is sovereign, and God, if he's a loving God, then he'll just take care of me, and he'll provide for me and do all these things for me. And they think because God knows everything, that that, that's all there is to it. That he's going to either do it, do for them, or he's not going to do for them. But that's not accurate according to the scripture. That's a wrong belief. See, we need to get our thoughts and our um, beliefs in line with the word of God. In order to experience victory. This is where Christians miss it a lot of times. They push it all off on God. Saying God knows. God's all powerful. God's sovereign. God's going to have to do take care of me. And if he doesn't take care of me. Then he must not have wanted to take care of me. It must not be his will to take care of me. It must not be his will to provide for me. Or to heal me. Or whatever the case may be. But that's not accurate. No. It is God's will that we be blessed, that we prosper, that we be provided for. Remember, it's said in, remember in Psalms 23, said he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Psalms 23 verse 5. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So see, 
there it is God's will that we come up to the table. Where's the table? And what is the table? It represents a place of provision, a place where we can partake of the blessings of God. He said he prepared the table. And it's up to us to come up and be seated at it and to partake. And it's his word reveals his will. His word actually is the table that we come up to to partake of all these things. It reveals his will unto us. And so as his will is to bless us and to provide for us and to take care of us, just like Jesus taught in Matthew 6, yet at the same time, we are to come unto God, like the like Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 says, not being careful or fretful about anything, not worrying or fretting or having any anxiety about anything, but instead coming with prayers, supplications, and thanksgivings. And through that, letting our requests be made known unto God. Now you'll notice that prayer, that the Bible here, the verse here, Paul mentions three different things. He mentions prayer, he mentions supplication, and he mentions thanksgiving. All of these are different forms of prayer. And that all of these are prayers that believers should know and should be operating in or praying unto God. Praying, supplicating, and coming with thanksgiving. You know, thanksgiving is a form of prayer. It's, a, it's a, another uh, type of prayer. And through these prayers, through prayer, supplication and thanksgiving, we're to let our requests be made known unto God. See, God wants us to come to him. And like I said, this is where Christians miss it a lot of times. They, he want, they don't come to him as they should and let their requests be made known unto him. They don't come to him with prayer and earnest heartfelt requests of supplication. And they don't come with thanksgiving and give thanks and glory unto God. And they don't make their requests known unto him. And therefore, they don't receive. Ask, Jesus said. Remember what Jesus said. Remember his words. Ask that you may receive and that your joy may be full. That your joy may be full. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And so the Lord wants us to ask. That's in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 16 and verse 24. He said here, actually look at the 23rd verse. John chapter 16, verse 23. And in that day, you shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. See, we're going back to calling on the Father, going to the Father in prayer. We don't go to Jesus in prayer. We go to the Father in the name of Jesus. And Jesus right here in this verse is teaching on prayer. And he's saying, in that day, you shall ask me nothing, but whatsoever you shall ask the Father. See, just like Paul said there in Philippians 4, 6, let your request be made known unto God. And he, Jesus goes on to say, he will give it you. Ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. 
Verse 24, Hitherto or up till now have you asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you shall receive, that your joy may be full. And this is where Christians miss it a lot of times. They're not asking. They're not receiving. Therefore, their joy is not full. But when you are practicing the Bible and doing things in line with the Word of God and not in line with what you thought was right or what some old preacher somewhere taught or what your family members taught you or just the way you were, you've were you done it all your life growing up, instead of following after all those things but actually following what the Word of God says, then you'll go to God in prayer and supplication and thanksgiving. You'll make your requests known unto God and you'll ask expecting to receive. And notice Jesus says that your joy may be full. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. And this is provided for us. This is this belongs to us because remember Psalms 23, the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Remember guys, the Lord wants so much more for us. We just have to position ourselves to receive it. Hallelujah. Guys, I trust you are blessed by this teaching. Remember, you can follow the ministry on Facebook and YouTube. You can follow the ministry on their website, stephenoverbaugh.com. You can watch the ministry on Roku TV and um, Rumble. There's a lot of different platforms that we um, have put the ministry on and provide to you. And so thank you for being a part. Thank you for partnering and praying for the ministry and sowing into the ministry and for being a part of what the mandate is at this ministry. Thank you so much. Be blessed, and we'll see you next time.